Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. The Conway Knot was discovered more than a half a century ago by legendary mathematician John Horton Conway. But is it a slice of a higher dimensional knot? Sliceness is one of the first natural questions knot theorists ask about knots in higher dimensional spaces. And mathematicians were able to answer it for all of the thousands of knots with 12 or fewer crossings, except one the Conway Knot, which has 11 crossings, had thumbed its nose at mathematicians for decades. That was until a grad student got a hold of it. In the summer of 2018, Lisa Picciarillo was at a conference about low-dimensional topology and geometry. She had heard a talk by Rice University's Shelley Harvey about a math problem that seemed like a good testing ground for some techniques Picciarillo had been developing as a graduate student at the University of Texas, Austin. I didn't allow myself to work on it during the day for a week because I didn't consider it to be real math. I thought it was like, my homework and I wasn't allowed to use real math time to work on it. I expected that either what I was going to try wasn't going to work because this knot is actually pathological or like, well, you know, Shelley Harvey mentioned it in a talk, but it's just one knot, like nobody really cares. The question asked whether the Conway knot is a slice of a higher dimensional knot. Before the week was out, Picciarillo had an answer. The Conway knot is not slice. A few days later, Picciarillo met with Cameron Gordon, a professor at UT Austin. I had to go see Cameron the next week for some other reason. And I said, by the way, you know, Shelly mentioned the Conway knot in her talk last week, and I think it's not slice. And Cameron was like, oh, yeah, tell me, tell me about that. And then I told him, and then he sort of like, started yelling, like, why aren't you more excited? Sort of freaked out. Gordon says he doesn't think she recognized at that point what an old and famous problem the Conway knot was. Picciarillo's proof appeared in the Annals of Mathematics in February. The paper, combined with her other work, secured her a tenure-track job at MIT just 14 months after she finished her doctorate. The question of the Conway Knot's sliceness was famous not just because of how long it had gone unsolved. Slice knots give mathematicians a way to probe the strange nature of four-dimensional space. That's where two-dimensional spheres can be knotted, sometimes in such crumpled ways that they can't be smoothed out. Charles Livingston is an emeritus professor at Indiana University. He talks about the Conway Knot and its sliceness. It connects to so many interesting topics. It's just interesting in and of itself, this basic question. But one thing that's interesting about knot theory and slicing is that it has this by hand appeal to it, but it's also connected to the deepest questions in four-dimensional topology right now. Joshua Green of Boston College supervised Picciarillo's senior thesis when she was an undergraduate there. He says it was exciting to hear of her work on the Conway Knot. I think it was exciting because this question whether the Conway Knot is slice had been kind of a touchstone for a lot of the modern developments around the general area of knot theory and knot concordance. 
especially in the last 20 years. For me personally, it was really gratifying to see somebody I'd known for so long suddenly, you know, pull the sword from the stone. <laughs> and then suddenly vanquish this problem. <laughs> While most of us think of a knot as existing in a piece of string with two ends, mathematicians think of the two ends as joined so the knot can't unravel. Over the past century, these knotted loops have helped illuminate subjects from quantum physics to the structure of DNA. They've even been used to explore the topology of three-dimensional space, in a UC Berkeley graduate lecture series in 2012, posted on University of California Television's website, John Conway explained how knots fit into the world. Knot theory is really as much about the containing space as it is about the knot. Uh, a knot is not just a curve, but it's a curve embedded in space in some way. But our world is four-dimensional if we include time as a dimension. So it's natural to ask if there's a corresponding theory of knots in 4D space. This isn't just a matter of taking all the knots we have in 3D space and plunking them down in 4D space. With four dimensions to move around in, any knotted loop can be unraveled if strands are moved over each other in the fourth dimension. To make a knotted object in four-dimensional space, you need a two-dimensional sphere, not a one-dimensional loop. Three dimensions provide enough room to build knotted loops, but not enough room for them to unravel. Four dimensions provide a similar environment for knotted spheres, which mathematicians first constructed in the 1920s. It's hard to visualize a knotted sphere in 4D space, but it helps to first think about an ordinary sphere in 3D space. If you slice through it, you'll see an unknotted loop. But when you slice through a knotted sphere in 4D space, you might see a knotted loop instead, or possibly an unknotted loop, or a link of several loops, depending on where you slice. Any knot you can make by slicing a knotted sphere is said to be a slice. Some knots are not slice. For instance, the three-crossing knot known as the trefoil. Joshua Green describes them this way. Slice knots are kind of the knots in three space that are like a trace of some four-dimensional knotting of a two-dimensional sphere. So they provide a bridge between the three-dimensional and four-dimensional stories of knot theory. But there's a wrinkle that lends richness and peculiarity to the four-dimensional story. In 4D topology, there are two different versions of what it means to be slice. In a series of revolutionary developments in the early 1980s, mathematicians discovered that 4D space doesn't just contain the smooth spheres we intuitively visualize, it also contains spheres so pervasively crumpled that they could never be ironed smooth. The question of which knots are sliced depends on whether you choose to include these crumpled spheres. These strange spheres, which mathematician Shelley Harvey says sort of exist by magic, are not a bug of four-dimensional topology, but a feature. Knots can be topologically slice, but not smoothly slice meaning they're a slice of some crumpled sphere, but no smooth one. These allow mathematicians to build so-called exotic versions of ordinary four-dimensional space. 
These copies of 4D space look the same as normal space from a topological viewpoint, but are irretrievably crumpled. The existence of these exotic spaces sets dimension four apart from all other dimensions. Here's Joshua Green again. So not concordance is kind of like a probe of the difference between pure topological manifold theory and smooth manifold theory. It's kind of like the lowest dimensional probe we have of that difference. Basically, sliceness looks at these exotic four-dimensional spaces. Over the years, mathematicians discovered an assortment of knots that were topologically not smoothly sliced. But among knots with 12 or fewer crossings, there didn't seem to be any, except possibly the Conway knot. Mathematicians could figure out the slice status of all other knots with 12 or fewer crossings, but the Conway knot eluded them. Conway, who died of COVID-19 earlier this year, was famous for making influential contributions to one area of mathematics after another. He first became interested in knots as a teenager in the 1950s. Conway himself said that he read all about knots in antique books. Here's Joshua Green again. You know, all knots had been written down that you could project with 10 or fewer crossings. And Conway augmented the list up to 11 crossings. And there on the list, there was this unusual 11 crossing knot that nobody had come across before. And Conway, I think, realized there was something quite special about it. The knot became known as the Conway knot. It's topologically slice. Mathematicians realized this during the revolutionary discoveries of the 1980s, but they couldn't figure out whether it was smoothly sliced. They suspected that it was not because it seemed to lack a feature called ribbonness that smoothly sliced knots typically have. But it also had a strange feature that made it immune to every attempt to show it was not smoothly sliced. Basically, the Conway knot has a sort of sibling, what's known as a mutant. Think of it this way. Draw the Conway knot on paper, then cut out a certain part of the paper. Flip that cutout over, then rejoin its loose ends. You'll get another knot known as the Kinoshita Terasaka knot. The trouble is, this new knot happens to be smoothly sliced. And because the Conway knot is so closely related to a smoothly sliced knot, it manages to hoodwink all the tools that mathematicians use to detect non-sliced knots. Those tools are called invariants, by the way. And Joshua Green knows them well. There's been a lot of effort in pushing on these theories to get more and more sensitive invariants of knot concordance. And whenever a new invariant comes along, we try to test it against the Conway knot. It's just this one stubborn example that just seems, <laughs> no matter what invariant you come up with, it won't tell you whether or not the thing is slice or not. Lisa Picciarillo says we have heaps and heaps of slices and variants. And they come from lots of fields of modern topology, and none of them are perfect invariants. In the smooth category, we don't have any where we can just say if the invariant is zero, then the knot is slice. But because we have so many of them, if the knot's not slice, you can probably just compute them all and at least one of them will sort of work. So that's sort of the state of how we show things aren't slice. But we do only have finitely many of them and they all have some failures. So you could ask like for a knot that sits at the intersection of the blind spots of each of these types of invariants. Unfortunately, those knots exist and the Conway knot is 
one of them. Mathematician Mark Hughes of Brigham Young University created a neural network that uses knot invariance and other info to make predictions about features like sliceness. For most knots, the network makes clear predictions, but its guess about whether the Conway knot is smoothly sliced, 50-50. Over time, it stood out as kind of the knot that we couldn't handle. That's emeritus professor Charles Livingston, whom we heard from earlier. This is what knot theory is like. Now that it's done, there will be another example to come along that just encapsulates this is the most basic, simplest example that we can't figure out. And that'll become a target to see what tools, can the tools we have resolve the question? Or do we have to develop new tools? As new tools come along, let's try, see if they help us with this problem. Picciarillo enjoys the visual intuition that knot theory entails, but she doesn't think of herself primarily as a knot theorist. She says it's really three and four dimensional shapes that are exciting for her. But knot theory is so closely tied with that that she ends up doing a bit of knot theory too. Picciarillo encountered the question about the Conway knot at a time when she was pondering another way two knots can be related besides mutation. Every knot has an associated four-dimensional shape called its trace. That's made by placing the knot on the boundary of a 4D ball and sewing a sort of cap onto the ball along the knot. A knot's trace basically encodes the knot. Different knots can have the same four-dimensional trace, and mathematicians already knew that these so-called trace siblings always have the same slice status. Either they're both slice or they're both not slice. But Picciarillo and Allison Miller, now a postdoctoral fellow at Rice, showed that these trace siblings don't necessarily look the same to all the knot invariants used to study sliceness. That pointed Picciarillo toward a strategy for proving that the Conway knot is not slice. If she could construct a trace sibling for the Conway knot, maybe it would cooperate with one of the slice invariants better than the Conway knot does. Constructing trace siblings is a tricky business, but Picciarillo is an expert. I already knew this outline using some of the tools that I work on that can show knots aren't slice because like immediately that was one of the ways to check it's not slice. So I just went home and did it. Through a combination of clever twists, Picciarillo managed to construct a complicated knot that has the same trace as the Conway knot. For that knot, a tool called Rasmussen's S invariant shows it is not smoothly sliced, so the Conway knot can't be either. UT Austin professor Cameron Gordon calls it a beautiful proof that worked kind of amazingly. Mathematician Joshua Green says Picciarillo's proof fits into the mold of short, surprising proofs of elusive results that researchers in the area are able to quickly absorb, admire, and seek to generalize. Green says it also makes them wonder how it took so long to come up with. For decades, researchers have used knot traces as a classical tool. But Green says Lisa Picciarillo understood that tool more deeply than anyone else. Where do we go from here? I mean, in a sense, this was just kind of like an isolated example, a beautiful application of kind of a building set of machinery. But I think it's really kind of trained people onto the importance of 
the ideas of studying these knot traces, but they have really interesting underappreciated qualities. And she's picked up some tools that maybe had a bit of dust on them and that I think others are following suit now. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Erica Klarike's full article, Graduate Student Solves Decades-Old Conway Knot Problem, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore more math mysteries in the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press, available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. 